Hi, this is Shauna, the CEO and founder of Fuel Talent. One of the things I have loved most in my 25-year recruiting career has always been the stories that people tell. Stories of leadership, career choices, company ideas, and team building. My inspiration for starting the What Fuels You podcast came from being curious about people's lives and wanting to help share their stories. What path brought them to this place? What decisions did they make that led to failures and successes? Who influenced those decisions and what lessons were learned along the way? I hope you enjoy the What Fuels You podcast. Today's guest on the What Fuels You podcast is Lo Friesen. Lo is the founder and CEO of Halo, a Seattle-based licensed cannabis processor. Upon obtaining a degree in environmental chemistry from Northwestern University, Lowe followed a passion for medicine to work in a renowned gastroenterology lab in Chicago. The experience inspired her to explore cannabis as medicine and to enter the emerging industry. Lowe joined Eden Labs, where she developed a strong foundation in botanical extraction. She later launched Halo in 2017 with the mission to help anyone get more out of life with cannabis. Halo's vape and topical products serve the Washington recreational market with clean cannabis extracts with unique chemistry and incredible cannabis terpene profiles. Lowe and the Halo team are committed to education and facilitate community engagement by hosting educational events, concert series, public tours, American Chemical Society meetings, CAN-STEM events, and HALO session events. Her personal mission is to provide cannabis users with as much information as possible and to enable active and engaged lifestyles with cannabis. Welcome, Lo. So good to see you. Thank you, Shauna. So good to see you too. Okay, so I am going to hit you with some rapid fire. If you could be a famous actor, singer, athlete or writer, which would you choose? I think I would be a famous athlete. Oh, what sport? Golf. Seriously? Yeah. (laughs) This is a surprise to me. Do you play golf? I do. And I played competitively in high school. I didn't know that. And in college, but not with my college because I was a nerdy chemistry major and we weren't allowed to play. Well, I couldn't play sports because of the courses I had to take. So, oh my gosh, you I, need I to teach played. me. You need to teach yeah, me. Yeah, let's do it. It's so fun, especially if we obviously, if you go with people you're going to enjoy spending four hours with or even yeah. nine holes. But yeah. yeah, I play in, I play in a league in my neighborhood at West Seattle Golf Course. So, okay, what trait most describes your leadership style? Optimism. I like it. I I have a tendency to like really, 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 really believe in people. Yeah. Well, I, think <laughs> I, that's I really important. believe anybody can do anything. And so, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, optimism. Yeah. Okay. If you could have lunch with anyone, dead or alive, who would you choose? Dang. Hmm. Probably. This is ridiculous, but. Jeff Bezos. Oh, why is that ridiculous? Uh, it's funny because he gets a lot of hate these days. Yeah, he um, does. And um, I really admire like the business sense that he has. So oh, I think it's I incredible. It's incredible. The vision and just the like can do kind of no uh, low limits. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So what's the first thing you do when you wake up? Um, the first thing I do when I wake up is check my phone. Mm. 
You know, I I'm just a, I'm an AM a. immediate email checker. I am the same, but they, as there's actually all these studies and all these indications that that's actually not great for your mental health. Like, of course, we all want to be like meditating and whatever, writing in our gratitude journal, but that's uh, really impossible. My husband literally like wakes up, stretches and meditates. I'm yeah. like on the computer, like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> At least I cut out caffeine this year. So I'm working on it. Yeah. It's little baby steps. Um, what's your favorite movie? Greece. Nice. I love that because we're in different generations and I'm like, huh, bringing it back makes me happy. <laughs> Hopefully the original. Oh my gosh. Never okay. Greece too. No, okay, no, no. And if they ever remake that, I don't know if I could bear to watch it, but yeah, Greece, yes. I know like every word, every song. Oh, me too. Yeah. Uh, okay. We can sing while we play golf. Love it. Okay. <laughs> um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Hmm. <laughs> When people like, especially right now, when people um, cut into your lane and they don't wave to say thank you. <laughs> that is super annoying. <laughs> you get your road rage. <laughs> and who was your childhood hero? Mm, my dad. Oh, yeah. So your dad. So tell me about your childhood. Where'd you grow up? I, well, multiple places, um, but I was born in Los Angeles. California, um, and then moved to Switzerland, and then moved to Cleveland, Ohio. So why was your dad? Was it for your dad or your mom's job? Yeah, so my parents actually are both entrepreneurs, and they started multiple businesses together. And they uh, sold one, their business in California in the late 90s, and then decided to take a contract job in Switzerland that ended up not working out so we just lived there and I meet my brother and I got to ride the coattails of my parents retirement at that time instead yeah. of living in Europe so oh, that we did a lot of traveling cool. <laughs> that's actually one of those incredible experiences that you don't even probably realize you're in at the time and you look back you're like how cool is that yeah it, it I've been to like 40 some countries oh and wow yeah I, I'm like I don't really need to do a whole lot of traveling right now um well you're in the I thick of your travel. entrepreneurial journey so exactly what was your idea back then of, of success like when you thought about success for you or for others or your future um kind of what did you think about when I was growing up mm -hmm. well I I will say that success looked like doing what you love um because I'm fortunate to be you know raised by parents who loved what they did for work and loved incorporating it into their lives and I learned a ton from that um and then uh also putting all of yourself into it and doing it well so showing up and doing it well and so um I actually wanted to be a doctor when I was little interesting I, I, yeah so well, I'm, I'm guessing you're probably really good at the sciences and math stuff because you went on to Northwestern studied chemistry of all things. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the opposite. I just never got it. I never understood chemistry. Yeah. So. Most people don't and they struggle and um, it's hard to learn it when you can't see how it applies to like the day to day. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I definitely didn't have very good teachers in, in chemistry until college. Yeah. But, what drew um, you to it though? You went to Northwestern. Um, Mm -hmm. So did you have, why did you choose Northwestern? Um, I, I love Chicago 
and Northwestern has one of the best chemistry programs in the country. So um, one of the best also I found equals one of the hardest. So, <laughs> and it is a trend in my life to not take the easy road. So um, it definitely was a tough four years, but I, I love chemistry because it gets into the nitty gritty of why, you know, like why the earth is the way it is or why these two chemical reactions can create this product. And so um, it has a lot of answers for me and um, I just always found it fascinating. And yes, I love the sciences. So you pursued it thinking maybe that um, you would ultimately go on to pursue medicine? Correct. Yeah. And wow. I, I actually um, worked. So I interned multiple summers at hospitals. And then um, when I graduated from college, I moved on to work for a hospital in Chicago where I was doing diagnostic testing and clinical research on patients with esophageal disorders. And so I got like hands-on patient care experience and clinical research experience. And like, yeah, it, it was absolutely incredible. And I loved every moment of it. And it really, um, really encouraged me to continue to pursue going to medical school. So throughout that time, I was applying and like figuring out, you know, taking the MCAT, all that good stuff. And knew absolutely that medicine was what I wanted to do. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's got to be but because here we are talking about your cannabis company. Yeah, I, I didn't get I did not get into medical school. Um, and so many people these days, like it takes multiple tries to get into medical school. Um, and so I at the same time, while I was like waiting for the decisions to get back to me about whether or not I got in, um, medical or sorry, recreational cannabis started going legal. And, um, my family for some time had been taught, well, my, my dad's a doctor and my sister is a doctor. And so medicine was always something that we talked about. And in Cleveland and in the Midwest in general, the opioid crisis is horrific and it affected, you know, member, a lot of members of my community. And so we would talk about cannabis as an alternative for um, addiction, mm. uh, a treatment for addiction. And so it was kind of top of mind because not only had I heard that from with, you know, in discussions with my family, but also working in a hospital, I, I mean, um, Illinois had not gone medical yet with cannabis, but my patients were still telling me how, you know, they used cannabis for this or that. So then um, while working for a hospital, I had unlimited access to research papers. And I started really looking into um, the pathways that cannabis uses to interact with our bodies and treat different ailments. And it was fascinating. It was so cool um, because I was able to understand like, why do you get high when you use cannabis? Mm. Or why do people use it this way or that and way? What are the answers? I need all of them. And I also going back to what you were talking about, the op opioid crisis. I agree. It's like the most depressing thing ever. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's so broken in our country um, beyond. But I think that, you know, for people that have addictions, when you think about like, oh, maybe cannabis could help them through. Um, I think there are those who have the belief that cannabis is like a gateway drug in some sort of way 
Do you still mm-hmm. hear that? Or is that like an old school way of thinking? No, it's definitely very, very much alive in terms of that sentiment. Um, and it's hard to say because everybody is different. And so everybody's addiction is different. Some people, uh, I mean, some people, it's very easy to become addicted to opioids. Um, some people will try it, you know, recreationally, and some people get prescribed it after surgery. I mean, so many people that I know who go get knee surgery or something, they get prescribed like a huge number of these um, opioids and and painkillers. And um, it's so scary to think that like you could just be using it for treatment and then be addicted for the rest it's of your life. It's so, so scary. That's, that's my whole, I know it's unbelievable. So what did you learn about yourself um, through kind of doing all this research? And as far as, I mean, obviously you got interested in the industry, but what did you learn about yourself as far as how you saw um, getting into that versus medical school? Was it like, I don't know, this seems risky. What will people think? Or was it like, I don't care. I'm going to kind of be a disruptor and get ahead of this industry. That's like, you know, kind of uh, on the fast track in a big way. Well, I mean, part of me was completely shaken because ever since I was four years old, I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. And my whole you know, life, I thought, was kind of planned out. And here I am completely having to rethink what I was going to do because I just couldn't take more time committed to this process of mm-hmm. applying and going to medical school with still like uncertainty of whether or not I would get in. And it, it really does take an emotional and physical toll. Yeah. What and kind of so, medicine did you want to practice? Well, I worked in gastroenterology and that is like, I loved it. And so um, I was thinking about that, hmm. but yeah, I, um, at my parents actually encouraged me to look into the cannabis industry. So they're total disruptors. Like they always think outside of the box and like anything is possible. Um, and so they were like, with your degree, it, it makes total sense that you could really excel in this industry. And so I started looking into like opportunities and um, I w- realized how much there was left to discover, how much there, there how few um, chemists and like science background professionals were in the industry at this time. And totally. so I was like, there's so much opportunity. And I had already done all this research on like how it actually benefit. There's so much benefit to it. So I believed in it. And I also am a camp was a cannabis user at the time. I much prefer it to alcohol. Um, I used it for my anxiety. I mean, there, I already had experienced it personally. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I decided that extraction would be my specialty because that's where my background really lent itself to. And I really was curious about it. So I picked like a few States, Colorado, California, um, and Washington were the three that were legal recreationally at the time. And California seemed like way too big for my comfort zone. Um, Colorado was kind of wild as well. And Washington was like just getting started. So I decided to move to Washington. Wow. Just like sight unseen, pick up your bags and move to Seattle. Yep. I booked a one-way ticket and an Airbnb for a few nights and just kind of figured it out. And were you coming here to try to find a company to join? Or did you know that you were going to pursue some sort of entrepreneurial endeavor? Did not 
at the time think I was going to be starting a company. <laughs> I was figuring out how I could get into the industry. And luckily I had met the folks at Eden Labs who is a, they basically introduced CO2 extraction to the cannabis industry. And I, we really got along well and they actually offered me a job. So it made the transition very easy for me, which I'm so grateful for. And they're really, really dear friends to this day. But that was my entrance into the industry. I was able to learn about extraction from these manufacturers that know so many different extraction methods and then also be a legal consumer for the first time. I was coming from Chicago where I still had to like text my dealer. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, you know, you come to Washington and you can, there's stores everywhere, just like a liquor store. Right. So um, what does extraction really cool. mean for people? Who, I mean, I, I don't even know exactly. I'm trying to picture you like a day in the life. Mm -hmm. I, I know that you're not doing that. You're like running the actual company, but um, the people who are doing the extraction, what do they do? So, um, Extraction is when you use a solvent to ex like pull or take out certain components that you're looking for. So when you make coffee, for example, like when you're brewing coffee, you're doing an extraction. Hmm. The water is the solvent and the caffeine and coffee extract is what you're getting out of it. And so um, we're doing something similar, but our solvent instead of water is supercritical carbon dioxide. Um, so we know carbon dioxide as a gas, we breathe it every day, or as a solid, which is dry ice. Um, but we're using CO2 in a different phase. And it's a big machine. It's kind of like a distillery, if you've seen a distillery mm -hmm. before. And so what we're doing is we're introducing the CO2 to the plant material. So Halo is very special in that we use really high quality materials. So the same stuff that you would use to smoke. So and when you go buy flour from the store, we use that to extract. And so we grind it up just like you grind it before you smoke it. And then we put it into our extraction machine and then we fill it with CO2 and then we start the extraction. So- And what comes out on the other, you mean like oils? Mm-hmm. Oil yeah, extractions. Oils. And so what's mixed mm -hmm. in with the flour? Um, the flour is in a vessel, think of like a French press. Right. But so what's, what's put, in it? What turns it into oil? Like, how do you? So the, the flour, the THC is on the flour in an oil form, mm. but you just don't really know that because, but if you feel a, a bud, it's sticky and that's what the resin is. Mm, interesting. Kind of like, tree, you know how uh, trees have sap? Sap. Yeah, totally. And so how Similar. did you come up with the name Halo? Well, we actually were another name before we were Halo. And then within like two months of being open, we got a cease and desist and had to go through a whole trademark issue. Um, but we it, we it was a blessing in disguise. Oh, it's for the sure. coolest name ever. I love it. So my nickname is Lo. Um, my real name is Laurel. Um, and my younger brother couldn't say my name when he was little. So he called me Lolo. And when we were coming up with new names, he said, you know, why don't we use your nickname Lo somehow? And, um, and then my husband was brainstorming and he, I think had a light bulb moment when, you know, he would say, Hey, Lo, like to ask me a question. And it was like instantaneously a, a, a hit. So it's a great it's, brand. It's so good. 
Yeah. And if you're in the lab, you'll, you'll hear that all, you'll hear that all the time. Like, Hey, Lo, can I ask you a question? Um, and it really is a testament to like my passion for sharing the knowledge that we've acquired over the years about cannabis. Yeah. And so you talked about some of these things that are like big machines, like all that costs money. How did you even fund this thing? Um, bootstrapped kind of, <laughs> um, I am the sole owner and used my savings to purchase a license, which in Washington state, there are, are a limited number of licenses. So you have to already, you have to purchase an already existing license. So mm -hmm. I did that. And um, my family helped me get started by, they own the equipment. And so I'm, I'm basically paying a lot of rent every month to them um, for, for that equipment. But the idea was, you know, limiting my uh, risk going into it. But also we realized that cannabis would be legal everywhere one day. And so mm -hmm. we, you know, I would do it here and then hopefully expand. And we are living the dream right now because um, we will be opening up shop next year in Ohio, where I'm from and where my family is to do exactly what we're doing here. So that was kind of like the long-term plan, you know, whatever happens yeah. here, we, we will always have another place we could go. Yeah. So if people are listening and they're interested in cannabis, you are providing, um, or, or you're, you're an extractor who's distributing it via oils, correct? Correct. Yep. We okay. make concentrate. So you're not, you're not um, a grower. We do not grow our own product here. No. So then how do you find growers that you believe in and that you want to partner with? Great question. Um, there are a lot of growers in the state of Washington, we can only source from Washington because um, you can't cross state lines with cannabis still because it's federally illegal. Um, but we really look at our network um, and then also stores will go into and talk to them about like their favorite growers. But um, first and foremost, it starts with, um, do they align with our values? So Halo's mission is to help anyone get more out of life with cannabis. So we want to source products that will help them do that. So first, um, do they align with our values around sustainability? Are they growing sustainability sustainably? Mm -hmm. um, are they good people to work with? And do they have high quality product for us to use? So usually that means they're outdoor growers and we look, we will just look for them and uh, it's been pretty cool because a number of growers have ended up being referred to us by retail stores. So it started with networking and really getting to know the industry in the beginning. And now it's become a little bit more than that in that people come to us to, to work with us. Yeah. Well, speaking of your values, I just read a little bit about some of the differentiators. Like I know it's just, just things that some people might not even think about, but that kind of is aligned in your consistency around your values, but talking about um, how your boxes are 100% recyclable, how it's a zero waste facility. Um, it's, it says here, save water and waxes. What does that mean? So there are byproducts that come from the process. Um, so we make vape cartridges and topical products. Mm, okay. And um, those are our main products. And um, they're as close to the plant as you can get. So our focus is not just on THC, but also on the well-rounded experience that all the chemistry of the plant can provide you. So that's what we're known for. And in that process, we have byproducts like the water and the waxes. And um, the waxes come from the plant. If you touch any leaf 
of any plant. You can feel kind of a waxy layer. Well, cannabis has that layer as well. And so when we extract, those waxes come out with the oils that we're, we're, we're extracting. So we have to remove those in order for to, the oil to work in your vape cartridge. And those waxes have some benefit to them. And so in our topicals, instead of using beeswax, for example, we have found a way to use the waxes from the cannabis plant in our topicals. So our topicals are now 100% vegan and pretty sustainable because we're literally using our byproduct to make those wow. products. Yeah, it says recapture CO2 during extraction and reuse it later. Mm -hmm. um, only source sustainably grown cannabis. So I'm just trying to like analyze all this. Okay, so sustainably grown cannabis, what exactly does that mean? So uh, cannabis is actually one of the most wasteful industries right now. There are so many regulations around how we can grow it, how we can package it. And so um, it's been a challenge to create that 100% recyclable packaging or um, these processes that can help us contribute to the waste, uh, to, to reducing waste. And so um, growing, cultivating the, the plant, just like any agricultural product, think about almonds, you know, those take a ton of water to produce. How can we find more sustainable ways to grow the plant? Those growers that are committed to doing that are the growers that we work with. So most of the time it's outdoor growers because they don't need any extra lighting or anything. They're relying 100% on the sun, which indoor cannabis cultivations use so much energy. Mm. I mean, like city blocks worth of energy. I can so see when, that. When industries go legal, like electrical companies really have a hard time with coming up where this energy supply is coming from. Hmm. So we're trying to do our part by working with those sustainable growers. Got it. And so I know that in the intro and just in talking to you that your um, big focus is on education. How do you do that? Like what type of content is getting the most traction or that, that people want to kind of ingest the most? Well, um, Halo is committed to like the future of the cannabis industry. So plenty of people have been and are buying cannabis right now. Um, but if we're trying to get the rest of the world to see how cannabis can benefit them and take down decades of stigma, mm -hmm. we have to educate. And so what we're doing is providing people with as much information as we can to learn about your body and how cannabis can impact it, um, whether or not it has to do with buying a Halo product. So our website, our blog has a ton of educational articles about your endocannabinoid system, how um, that interacts with the cannabis chemistry, um, all that good stuff. And then um, I would say our number one resource is our higher ed YouTube series. So we have a whole YouTube channel that gives you a tour of our lab, how extraction works, Cannabis 101, you know, what, what is the difference between THC and CBD? All, all sorts of good stuff. So we're and committed to What's it to called on, on the YouTube channel? What's the channel called? You can look up Halo Cannabis, H-E-Y-L-O. Okay. Um, and then if you look in look up Higher Ed, that's also a tag. Got it. And so um, do you think that there's going to be, I guess, are you just going to stick in the cannabis world? Or do you think, I mean, you're hearing a lot right now about other therapeutic um you know, opportunities for other drugs like mushrooms and microdosing. And I feel like that's like everywhere right now that people are talking about it. Yeah, I, I definitely, cannabis has definitely opened my eyes to plant medicine as a whole. Um, and so 
I, I will say that our mission is to help anyone get more out of life. Right now, we just do that with our cannabis products and our education, mm-hmm. but we certainly are leaving room for us to explore these other plant benefits. Um, I, I, I'm, I use um, mushrooms like chaga and lion's mane and psilocybes um, for my daily life and certainly believe there's a huge potential for them. And what are some of the therapeutic benefits um, you know, found through cannabis and how does that kind of... Um, counteract kind of some of the misconceptions? Another great question. Well, thank you. uh, Yeah. Cannabis um, for a long time has been known to make you lazy or um, give you anxiety. And the reality is that it's all about moderation and dosing. And so now that we have the technology and the understanding about cannabis to know like how much are we ingesting or vaping we can really dial in our experience. So number one benefit is reducing anxiety. Um, Another benefit is helping with sleep, get better sleep. Um, Inflammation, it helps reduce inflammation, whether topically or if you ingest it. Um, And those are some big ones that people are seeking out cannabis for. Mm -hmm. And so it it really is look, you know, what are you looking for? Uh, Because Cannabis can also help you get focused and clean your entire house and make it fun. Um, And so there's all these different experiences that cannabis can provide, but Mm -hmm. um, you really just need to understand what you're looking for and, and then find the resources to help you get there. And how do people know if somebody said to you, okay, so here's, here's a few different activities. One is I want to go out and I want to feel great, but I don't want to be paranoid what would you recommend to them? And if there's another activity that might mean, you know, I want to go clean my house and make it fun. So um, everybody is different. So there is some trial and error, but if you are, whether or not you're a cannabis user already, um, I would say for going out, having fun, feeling relaxed, um, that uh, a THC and CBD ratio product is really, really good for that. So um, everybody knows THC, that's the molecule that will get you high, feeling the euphoria that cannabis is known for. CBD is really known for that wellness side of things. Individually, they, they do stuff to you, but they're much better together. And so they actually amplify the benefits of each other and reduce the negative side effects when they're in unison. So a one-to-one ratio, meaning let's say your cartridge is 60% cannabinoids, 30% is CBD and 30% is THC. So an example of that is our aliens on moonshine, or um, we just came out with a Wookiees CBD product and they just really make you feel good, which is the THC and make you feel relaxed with the CBD. So how do you know, like, is that, this might be such a like, rookie question, but um, is there a THC and CBD component to all flour or like all oils, or you have to like seek that out? Uh, You have to seek it out because for a long time, growers have been breeding CBD out of their products. Right. Because CBD is like everywhere and that's the legal like CBD, Mm -hmm. you know, the hemp hemp stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then what about the difference between um, indica and sativa? 
So Indica and Sativa these days, well, okay, originally Indica and Sativa were based on the, the genetics of the plant. So the way the plant grew. So Sativa are really tall, skinny, have a lot of thinner leaves, Indica short and bushy, and they also came from different parts of the world. They also at the time um, gave you different experiences. So Indica was known for making you like sleepy, kind of uh, if you've heard of Inda couch is something way, the way people remember it. Whereas sativa is super energizing, um, really getting you going. So we have these two classifications. But now um, these genetics have been bred multiple times and they have kind of different evolution over time. And so the reality is they don't mean anything anymore. But what they do mean is that you're communicating something to the bud tender or to your friend saying, I'm looking for an indica. That tells me that you're looking for something relaxing, something for chilling out. Or if you say sativa, that means you're looking for energy. And so the way Halo communicates is about daytime versus nighttime and also asking you, how do you want to feel? Because there's different ways to feel energy, right? Like you can have a coffee and um, feel energy and re ready to get going. Or you can have like a five hour energy, which maybe makes you too energetic and kind of spirally that that's a similar, those are two different types of energy. Mm. Same thing with like, uh, when you're trying to feel relaxed, there's a difference between wanting to feel relaxed and wanting to go to sleep. Right. So, right. And so I asked you at the beginning, um, you know, about kind of maybe going out and you mentioned the aliens on moonshine and what about cleaning the house and feeling good. And then the third one would be like relaxing, like not going to sleep, but just relaxing. So cleaning your whole house, I would recommend our new workout plan, which it, it is meant to get you going, like to want to work out and focus. So it gives you energy without like the anxiety feeling um, that THC energy can sometimes give you. Um, and then to relax, we have, I would say the Wookiees CBD, but if you can handle more THC, um, our nine pound hammer is not a nine pound hammer. <laughs> um, Which means what? You go night, night? Uh, it's very relaxing, but then you'll have a really nice sleep. Mm. I, and I so the one, the one like that you were you saying for cleaning was what? New workout, new workout plan. Literally, it's called new workout plan? Yes. Who comes up with these names? They're good. <laughs> are, you that, are you that person, the creative chemist? <laughs> Like I'm using so, all sides of my brain. Sometimes um, the name comes with the, the plant. So Dutch treat, for example, or sour diesel, those are historic cannabis names. So we, we keep those. But when we do blends or something that we produce ourselves and, and make up in our lab, um, we want it to convey how it's going to make you feel. And so the new workout plan was a name that we made up because it's somebody so said it gets you ready to work out. And we actually have a whole YouTube, uh, YouTube and uh, access on our website for the workout series that we put with it. Um, and then speaking of, of using our whole brain, um, we also have a Spotify playlist for every strain to really put you in the mood. Um, so yeah. You've got really such like great branding. I, it's, um, what's kind of one of the biggest obstacles to growth? I know that you're reaching milestones of, you know, certain goals that you're putting in place. But if, if you're like, you know, Z is like, I'm like 
at my all time, like we're crushing it. Where would you say you are? You're not at A. Where are you in the alphabet? <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, after the past year to almost two years now, I feel like we're getting real close to to the end of the alphabet. I mean, it feels like we're going into the end of the year really strongly and um, finally feeling that like rapid growth again. And yeah. we have so, so much opportunity. And so, what, do you, what um, do you measure it by? You're selling us into stores. Mm-hmm. And so is that how you measure it? Like, hey, our sales are way up. Um, yes. And so is there a direct correlation? Like, how can you measure sales against kind of all the effort and time and money that you're putting into all this education? Well, we, we have two ways to look at success. So one clear cut and dry revenue, right? So are we going to grow the way we wanted to this year? And um, yeah, we're, we're definitely growing a lot this year, which is really exciting. So our revenue numbers are doing really well. We're getting into more stores so you can find Halo in more stores throughout Washington. And then we have another side of success, which is more like anecdotal. So our mission is to help anyone get more out of life, but our North star is to be the most loved company. And so the more feedback that we can get from our customers and engagement through our coloring sheets, people sending us pictures of their, them doing their coloring sheets from our website or more comments and views on our YouTube, knowing that we're reaching people and actually living our mission and living our values is another measure of success. So um, we're getting so much good engagement and um, that's both from our customers that are retail stores and also our consumers that are sharing with us all the ways that our products are helping them get more out of their life. That's fantastic. And it's also, I'm sure, just helping the industry because you know, I'm guessing that you've got a lot of competitors, right? And so education is key for everybody. It's like everybody kind of rises with it. But how do you differentiate yourself from those competitors? Um, well, I would say that we are doing things very differently. So I mentioned that we, I, I tend to take the, the harder road. We're definitely doing that with Halo because we're not just chasing the trends. We're not just chasing you know, what everybody else is. And so our differentiators are the quality, both on um, what we put into the product, but also what we share with the customer. So transparency is really important. And we're going above and beyond what the state requires in terms of making sure our products are safe for consumers. And that's really important because everybody believes buying cannabis is just like going to the grocery store and you can trust whatever you're purchasing, but that's not the case. Um, the state doesn't have to regulate these products as much as like the federal government would. And so we are taking extra steps to make sure that our products are safe for you. Um, and then that's a huge differentiator. The next level is our community. So the Spotify playlist, the art, the collaborations awesome. that we do with our community, the um, charitable organizations that we support, all of that is to give back to the community. That's, you know, letting us be in here and do what we do. So we are actually walking the walk when it comes to everything that we commit to doing. And one other thing, which is one of our most important pieces is creating an extract that's as close to the plant as possible. So, so many people focus on THC and getting as high of THC numbers as possible, where they're creating one type of high and THC can give you that like immediate spike of a high, 
but it's very narrow. So a lot of people say vapes aren't the same experience as smoking flour, and that's why they don't like them. And so we challenge that stereotype, and we aim to give an experience that's as close to the flour as possible. And that's why our products have so many different cannabinoids and terpenes and other chemicals in it or compounds that are found in the plant because we focus our extraction on a holistic, like full spectrum experience as opposed to just THC. So that's our biggest differentiator. What are the long-term plans? I know you said you're getting closer to the end of the alphabet, but um, what are the long-term plans for the company and how can we, how can I help you reach those goals and and anyone listening? Um, I would say, check out our website, check out our YouTube series to really educate yourself and learn why Halo is different and why um, vaping cannabis that has Halo in it um, makes your experience so much better than every other vape cartridge on the market. Mm -hmm. Um, And then really giving cannabis a shot because it is a bit of trial and error. And um, I, I encourage everybody to find a way to incorporate cannabis because especially after, you know, the pandemic, we really have had to shift our routines and a lot of um, people are struggling, struggling with mental health right now. And I think cannabis has a real place in that yeah. field. So, um, oh, definitely. Yeah. So the, the word vape, you know, obviously as a mother of teenagers has a really negative kind of mm-hmm. quick response. And even for friends and people that I know that do, um, you know, smoke, there, they seem like during the pandemic, they actually started to make adjustments towards more eating it and ingesting it mm-hmm. through edibles. Is, mm-hmm. Did that have any sort of negative impact on your business? Well, in 2019, the vape crisis happened. Yeah, I mean, which that was, was like when, everywhere. Yeah, it was when um, you know people started getting sick from vaping, and mostly from illicit cannabis vapes as well as mail order nicotine products, mm-hmm. and we kind of narrowed into what those um, facilitators were towards the illnesses. And it it comes down to what's in the product. So whenever you, I mean, whenever you're introducing a foreign thing into your lungs, it adds risk. And so the best thing you can do for yourself is reduce the risk. And so we promote 100% cannabis only in your vapes. Whereas most, a lot of vapes use other stuff to flavor or dilute the vapes Mm. and that's where people are getting sick and so we were really vocal at the time to tell people you know how can you find a safe vape because smoking still not safe you know not as safe as a safe vape can be and so it also gives vaping also gives you like a very immediate effect so you don't have to wait just like edibles make you wait for your right experience. And so um, we still believe in the power of vaping, but um, the, the long answer to your question is that it did affect us because people shifted their buying patterns, whether they were able to smoke more flour because they didn't have to worry about going to work or they had to take more edibles because they're around their kids more. And so um, we do supply our oil to a number of edibles companies. And so that side of the business has been doing really well. Oh, interesting. So yeah, you can Uh sell like wholesale it almost. Exactly. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So Um, we were able to pivot a little bit, but 
at the end of the day, people being out and about more now, um, the vape industry is growing again. And so we're really happy to see that. Yeah. Well, I'm sending you all sorts of uh, good juju for continued success. What do you personally do to kind of, um, you know, set yourself up for success and continue to stay um, energized and engaged in being a female entrepreneur? (laughs) Um, I would say I make sure to take time to recharge. So, um, you know, keeping up with my, my friends and I love to play volleyball in the summer and playing, playing golf. Um, but also reading both entrepreneurial books as well as nonfiction. Um, and that that's been a really good help for me to kind of learn something while also not having it directly apply to my business. So always learning, but um, definitely switching things up and being active is really important to me. And your husband, Daniel, right, is involved in the business? Yes. So anytime you're talking about the brand, that's all thanks to him. He's a really great storyteller. And so he has been able to translate, you know, my science jargon and, um, and messaging and make it, uh, package it in a way that people can understand it better and apply it to their daily lives. He's also super creative and has helped lead many of our community events and make them super engaging and fun and does all our Instagram stuff. So we are definitely a really strong team, um, you know, kind of being one brain, two sides of it though. So really grateful for him. That's incredible. Well, I'm excited to continue to watch. So my, my final question for you is what fuels you? (sighs) I'd say, um, helping people and um engaging with people and so i I love doing our events and doing the educational um sessions that we do out and about um because it's those interactions where people have the aha moment about cannabis or have a story to tell you about how they've been able to sleep better because of your products that that fuels me thank you for listening to the what fuels you podcast Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest news and episodes. You can also contact us at podcast at fueltalent.com to provide feedback, ask questions, and share topics or guests you would like us to cover in the future. We hope you feel inspired by our guests and that we have helped fuel your day. Join us next time for another episode of What Fuels You. 